Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. And so today we're going to continue. We get to say that with me. We get to. And I want you to know our mission at the City Church is very, very clear. We exist that anyone can believe in God, that they could become like Jesus, and we build together, in that we build together. And I know this that I, the way we build is we use our gifts, our talents, our resources, our time, and our energy. That is how we build together. Now, one of our cultural statements is, we get to. Maybe you could chat that if you're online, but say it with me. Say, get to. Say it again. Get to. Now, one of the phrases I did not like when my boys were being raised by Becky and I is when they go, do we have to? And it's like, no, you get to to clean up your room. You don't have to clean up your room. Now, I never paid the boys money uh, to clean up their room, to take out the trash, because I told them, you're going to get to do this for the rest of your life. But one thing I did pay them, I said, if you read a book, I will give you $10, because I was trying to educate them in the things of God. And you know, all three boys are ferocious readers today, and readers are leaders. And so, can I say for us, we do not believe in guilting. How many of you know someone in your life that guilts you to do things? And, and this girl goes, I oh, know. And you know, we don't believe in arm twisting. I don't believe in manipulation. But I want you to know I do believe in conviction. And that we get to is a phrase, is this is how we steward our gift, our time, our energy, our money. And get to the way we serve or steward is we manage and we multiply. Say that with me. We manage and we multiply. Say this, say stewardship is managing and multiplying. And I want to do that with my life. I want to manage and I want to multiply the gifts that God has given me. And we get to steward our time, our talents into this local church. And we are one body, many members. We are many. We are one. Now, in the New Testament, Paul mentions four times this phrase, the body of Christ. And one of them is in Colossians. But the three major letters that he mentions the body of Christ, and it's a metaphor, and it's a picture of how the church should be and operate. And hear me, when we begin to get this, and today I believe we're going to get it by our intelligence, uh, by revelation, I'm telling you our influence will more than double when we get that we are the body of Christ. And the three major uh, letters are Ephesians, Romans 12, and Corinthians 12. And that's why I want you to go right now to Romans chapter 12. And then we will go to Corinthians chapter 12. But before you do, in Ephesians 4, that phrase is used as well. And in verse 11, we're not turning there. You're going to Romans chapter 12. Then you're going to go to Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, And God gave some to be apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And all these are leadership roles in the church. And why did God give these leadership roles in the church? For the equipping of the saints. And equipping literally means to, they could bring us together, they could mend us the way we believe, the way we behave, and get this, until we come to a unity of the faith, but not just the unity of faith, the working of ministry, until the body of Christ is edified or built up. And I'm telling you, our church, I believe this will be the smallest it will ever be, and we get to, because we are part of the body of Christ, and it is a metaphor to our natural body, but it's not a natural body, it's a spiritual body. I'd like to say it this way, it is a supernatural body. Can you say amen? So if you have Romans uh, chapter 12, we're going to begin to read at verse 3 to 8. And I love this. Paul says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone, everyone, not just paid staff, not just those who are on a platform, but to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, here we go. This is where we get many, but we're one. We're many. We are many, but we are one. Verse four, for we have many members. We have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we have many members, but not all the members have the same function. Verse 5, so we being many are one body in Christ. We are one body of Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts differing according to the grace that's given to us. Let us use them. Say that with me. Let us, let's say it again. Let us And I want to say it two more times. Let us use them. Let us use them. And if we don't use them, we will lose them. Okay? Then it says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or in ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts or encourages in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, or one version says with singleness of heart, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, for, uh, come on, with cheerfulness, and as there is one body, there are many members. Can you say amen? Now I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and I'm going to read verse 12. Then we're going to read verses 15 to 27. Now in Romans he uses the word gifts different but in Corinthians you're going to see these words. You're going to see the word member, function, and parts. Do you see that? Member, function, and parts. So let's begin to read. For as the body, and again we're talking about the body of Christ, it's one but it's many members. It says, but as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now go to 15, go to 15. And I love this. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And the answer is, yes, it is 
is of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not the I, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? No, the ear is a part of the body. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God, this is the key verse. You need to underline this. This is the thesis of this statement, uh, this passage. But now, let's say that, but say it again. Give me one more. Now listen, but now God, not the church staff, not church leadership, but God. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. So you are placed in this body, not as you please, but as God please. And he wants everyone to fulfill their role and their function. Look at verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 20. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, get this, nor can the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. Verse 22. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable on these we bestow greater honor and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty but our presentable parts have no need but God compose the body underline that this is not church is not my idea it's not men and women's idea it is God's idea and God's the one who says the church is like our body and God compose the body. Let's say that. And God composed the body. Let's say it again. And God Another way to say it, God designed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks, that there should be no schisms in the body. I want to say that a million times, that there should be no division or schisms in the body, that there should be no schisms in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it, or if one member is honored, all all the members rejoice with it. Look at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. Let's say that. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. Can you say amen? Now, I want to talk in two categories, and I'm pretty much going to camp out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But towards the end of this message, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 12. And I want to divide uh, it into two categories. Number one, I want to talk about one body, the design. I want to talk about our body, not just your physical body, but the church body, the body of Christ, the design. Then I want to go to the movement, the many members. Now, I could do another word. I could do the design and the dance. And I'm telling you when we begin to function the way God created us to function in this church, the body of Christ, it will be like a couple dancing that were dancing the bride and the groom dancing at a great wedding. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, oh they're not a good dancer. They have two left feet. Can I tell you when the right foot is a right foot and the left foot is a left foot, there will be a beautiful dance or movement in this church in California could 
come to know Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I want to go back, go back to Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to bring out these words. Notice in Romans 12, he uses different gifts, and that word is charisma, and it's unearned, undeserved, unmerited. It's where we get the word grace, okay? These are grace gifts. These are supernatural gifts, but I like the way he terms it in Corinthians 12. He uses these words. He says, member parts and function. In fact, he uses their stronger parts, their weaker parts, their presentable parts, unpresentable parts, their modest parts, their not modest parts. And he begins to show the difference of the members of the body. Now, I want to begin to do this. Oftentimes in the church, and I have been in full-time ministry now 35 years, and I have prayed this, and we were in Los Angeles yesterday at a men's event. They had Maverick City Music, Tommy Barnett, Bishop Jakes, and it was great. And oftentimes, and they were using language like this. At great events, they use language like this. Lord, send revival. There's going to be an outpouring where California is going to be changed. And we all cheer and we like that. But I want you to begin to think about this. When you think about the body, our human body, God never creates life unless he creates a system first that will sustain life. Let me show you. For example, God did not create birds first. He created a sky, an ecosystem that would house birds and sustain the life of birds. God did not create fish first. He created rivers and brooks first. Why? Because that was a system that would sustain life. God didn't create land animals first. He created an earth with uh, grass and water that would sustain. Now, I don't know if you know this. You probably do because you're smart. Our bodies have 12 systems and these systems sustain our life. God didn't just breathe into dirt without creating systems because if he would have, he would be unjust. All right. And so one of the systems of the body is the endocrine system, the cardiovascular system, the respiratory system, the lymphatic system, and it goes on. In these systems, they sustain the life of our body. Now listen to me. Any disease that any human being gets, one of these systems have been broken down. And because why? These systems, when they work properly, sustain life. We can pray for revival. We can say, oh, we exist and all of California could be saying, but if we do not create systems of leadership, servanthood, and teams in this church, God would be unjust to send us revival. Come on. You see, it is our job to build the systems that will sustain the revival that God will build. And so what's amazing when he begins to talk in Corinthians, I want you to get this. He talks about if the foot says to the hand and the hands are, are serving. If the whole body was one eye, if you got something in your eye, how would you get it 
out of your eye. You understand? Then he says it, the hearing and the smelling. Think of a doctor. If you go to a doctor, there's a doctor that's called an ear, nose. Oh my gosh, I, I look like Lucy. Nose, you know. I love playing. I go, Lucy, what's this? She got my ear. I go, what this? She got my nose. What's it? My eye. And, and, no, this is your throat. So ear, nose, throat, doctor. Why? Because it's in a similar system. I believe in this month, we are not only going to create, but reinforce the systems where every member is going to play their part and God will send us revival like California has never seen. Now, I want you to write this word down. And if you're online, I want you to chat this. I want you to write the word interconnected. Interconnected, not just the word connected, but interconnected. I'm going to go back to Romans uh, 12, and I want to read a couple phrases, then we'll go right back to Corinthians 12. And he says this, verse 4 in Romans 12, For as we have many members in one body, everyone say many members, say one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. But please get this next part. And individually members of one another. So we're not only joined to Jesus. We are also joined to one another. Many people say, well, hey, I'm connected to the head. And Jesus Christ is the head. But can I tell you, I don't want my finger growing out of my head. I don't want my foot growing out of my head. We are not only connected connected to Jesus, but we're interconnected to one another. Everyone say interconnected. Now, let me tell you the difference between being connected or interconnected. We could go to Starbucks. We can have our iPhone. We could get a Frappuccino on a hot day. And while we're waiting in line, socially distancing, with mask on, we could connect to the internet. But as we leave Starbucks with our Frappuccino in our hand and our mask off our face, I'm sorry, I don't know why people wear a mask driving in a car by themselves trying to drink a Frappuccino. And so, wrong message. Let's get back on point. Okay, now get this. When you leave Starbucks, you lose that connection. Now, a great, great deception in the church, I believe, today is that we go to church either online or in person and we connect with God. And that is the goal, that we want to experience God. But that when we leave the gathering, the service, like when we leave Starbucks, we disconnect. Can I say revival doesn't come when we approach church and God that way? It's not connect, disconnect. It's interconnected. Are you with me? Okay, another one. Sometimes I think we think of when we gather, we look at the word connect. How many of you have ever had a junk drawer in your home? And now a junk drawer, church is kind of like a junk drawer. We have many different parts and they have no connection, but they're in the same space. That's not what Paul is describing here because he's saying, let's go back to Corinthians 12. I want to read this. He says in uh, verse uh, 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body. No, you are of the body foot. Even though you're not a hand, you're still a part of the body. Why? Because you're interconnected. How is the foot? 
foot and the hand interconnected by bones, ligaments, muscles, tissue. And can I say it right now, we are not just disembodied parts in a junk drawer. We are not only part of Christ, we're interconnected with one another. And he goes on, and I love this, but not all the members have the same function. So we being many or one body and individually are interconnected to one another, having then gifts different. Can everyone say one body? body. Say many members. Now, let me just tell you another. How many of you ever had a Mr. Mr. Potato Head? Rio has that. And it's funny. You know what he'll do? He'll take the eyes off, the hat off, the mouth off, the ears off. And he will put the mouth where the ear should be. And he starts laughing. And then he puts the nose where the mouth should be. And he starts laughing. Then he tries to put the lips on top of the head. And, 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 and he easily uh, pulls him out. Can I say, that's not how it is. If you want a life that is so supernatural, get on a team. And then you will begin to feel not just a part of something that's bigger than you. You will become interconnected, not only with Jesus Christ in a way that you've never experienced, but with other members of the body of Christ, and it is a supernatural experience. Amen? And, and you know what John, I mean, Jesus prayed in John 17, 16, or 16, 17. He said, Father, I pray that you would make them one as you and I are one. And I love, go back to Corinthians chapter 12. He said this, that there should be no schisms in the body. Did you get that? No division in the body. You know why? Because that's a cancer. And I can tell you right now, one of the diseases that I hate is cancer. Because it destroys the body. You know, the greatest thing that helps a church stay together isn't just a logo. It isn't just a card. It's not just graphics. We become unstoppable when every member, every part plays their part in their role and we become unified in that. We become inseparable. Are you with me? So say this with me. Say the design. Say the body. Say one body. Now, I want to begin to talk about the movement, many members. I want to talk about that many members. Everyone say foot, hand, ear, eye, hear, smell. Okay, how many of you like the way your nose looks? <laughs> My gosh, half our church hates their nose. 80% of you don't like your nose. I like my nose. You say, I, I like my nose. I used to not like it. And now I like my ears. But when I was little, I didn't like my ears. Because my brother called me Dumbo. He said, your ears are so big. But guess what? My head grew into my ears. Come on. And I guess my face grew into my nose. Now, true story, if you say, what is your favorite part? My real favorite part is my eyes. Okay, now my least favorite part are my feet. And when I first became a believer, Becky Chauvin, Fuquay, she wasn't a Fuquay yet, she was in church and she was checking me out and I was checking her out. And it was a Friday night, it was a youth and young adult uh, prayer meeting. We had about 20 people uh, in this prayer meeting and we had just began to read the scriptures. Everyone say one body, one body. say many members. 
And so, I, I kid you not, we had read that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And so we thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to wash one another's feet. And someone who had really read the scripture said, and we're not only going to wash each other's feet, we're going to dry one another's feet with our hair. When Becky saw my feet, <laughs> she, she refused to wash my feet. And I said, you're not going to wash them and you won't dry them with your hair? She goes, I will never touch your feet. You know, it's a make true story. The part I could tell you, and I hope she doesn't mind, the part of Becky's body that she hates the most is the part I love the most. She hates her legs. But I love her legs. People go, Pastor Jude, did you marry Pastor Becky because she was spiritual? No, I married her because of her legs. <laughs> now, I, I want to talk to you in, in this scripture, in Corinthians chapter 12. I want to just go through it again. Please get this. It says for, uh, here it goes. It says, verse 15, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the ear should say, I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye. This morning, Jack and Lucy were watching Monster Inc. And they had one creature with feet and it was a big eye. That's not normal. If, and the eye is great. I love my eye. And with my eye, I can see. But I cannot use my eye to bring food to my mouth. I cannot use my eye to walk from here to there. The body needs many members, and we cannot be all the same member, or it's not a design of God. Are you with me? And so in church, we don't want everyone to believe worship. We don't want everyone to just speak. We want to play our role and our function to Make the body have movement. Can you say amen? Now, I want you to just say this with me. Say natural body, spiritual body. Let's say it this way. Say natural body, supernatural body. Do it again. Natural body, supernatural body. Okay, let me begin to compare our bodies to a supernatural body, the church. For example, I saw on television several years ago, they had a hiker in Utah. He fell into this cavern in his arm, uh, got caught in the, this rock formation. And a couple days uh, to my memory would pass and he would have to end up amputating part of his arm. And the reason why, if he didn't, his whole body would have been affected. Now hear me, the church, will never, ever, ever sacrifice the whole body for one member or one part. And just like that hiker had to remove a part of the arm, the body can live without one arm, one ear. He literally removed that. Now get this, his arm, I'm sure if we'd meet him today, his body did not grow another arm. Now please hear me when I tell you. You see, it was his arm, our arm. It's not like Mr. Potato Head where you could just move it. When you begin to serve on a team, whether it's city kids, whether it's city youth, production, parking lot, guest services, it's not, you become not Mr. Potato Head or Miss Potato Head, you become interconnected with literally like the cardiovascular system, the bones and the ligament, and you will not be easily moved. And can I say, this, you know, this is a difference. If my arm is cut off in my natural body, it doesn't grow another arm. And many times, some people, maybe because they've gotten hurt or offended. When we first come to the Lord, we pray this prayer. Many of us prayed this prayer, Lord, use me. Lord, use me. And two years later, when we're being used, then we say, I feel used. Well, you prayed it. God answered it. 
Now, listen to this. In the spiritual body or the supernatural body, let's say someone who's operating as a hand, and they're saying, well, I really am tired of being a hand. I want to be the mouth, or I want to be a neck, or I want to be the foot. And they remove themselves, the supernatural body will grow another hand through another member. Now, in my physical body, you know what? My nose has never complained. Well, it does when it smells something bad. I have a very sense, a high sense of smell. My nose never complains that it's not my ears. My ears don't complain that it's not my hand. My nose has always been my nose, and my ear has always been my ears. But in the supernatural body, it's not the same. You see, a lot of times we want to start off and be in the head. We want to be the mouth. We want to be the eyes. But oftentimes in the body of Christ, we start off maybe with the hand. Maybe we start off with the foot. And that's why Paul begins to say the weaker members and the stronger members and the unpresentable members and the presentable members. Can I say right now, you may start off as a hand working in the parking lot, but one day you may end up being a mouth for the entire body of Christ because in in this supernatural body, God, as he pleases, can switch the members. He could change the members. And he's saying, start off being the feet, start off being the hands, start off being a finger, and I will create something supernatural within you. Are you with me on that? And that's our God. Everyone say many members. Say one body. Now, let me just say this. I believe, and I love this. I want you to go back to Corinthians. I'm going to read a phrase, and the band's going to come up, and I'm inviting them to come up so you realize that I'm eventually going to end, okay? And I love this. I want you to pick up with me at verse uh, 25. It says, there should be no schisms in the body. I want to just stop right there. Serving eliminates division in a church. It's hard to be offended with people you serve with. Now, get, let's move on. And it says this, and I love this. It says, there should be no schisms in the body. And I love that. Verse 25, it says, but the members, say that with me, the, the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer. If one member suffers, they all suffer. Years ago, when I was 42, a weight in the health club, a 100-pound weight, actually, fell on my big toe. I did not curse. I said, Jesus. <laughs> I would go to the emergency room, and the doctor said in a nasally voice, I think it's broken. I'm like, it's broke. And he grabbed my left big toe, and he tried to straighten it out. You know, my body never went to defense school. But all of a sudden, my right foot got a signal from the brain, kick him in the sternum right now. And I, I kicked him, and he looked, I said, you do it again. I'm going to kick you again. Can I tell you, I believe one of the greatest forms of spiritual warfare is being interconnected and playing your part, playing your role, fulfilling your function in this church that when the enemy attacks you, there's an entire body that will respond against the gates of hell. Come on. 
You know, we could come to church and receive of God and have beautiful worship and a word. But if we leave, we're like Mr. Potato Head. It's like a Starbucks experience. But when you get on a team and I get on a team, and you say, well, I'm not the mouth or I'm not the eye, I'm not the worship leader. No, I'm telling you, you could be the big toe. And if the enemy tries to crush you, the right foot of this church is going to kick him right in the chest. Come on. And you may, you may be going through hell right now. Yesterday at the great event in Los Angeles, I looked at the men's faces and you could see some of them have been going through it. My motto is if you're going through hell, don't rent an apartment serve your way out of hell get on a team that maybe you're in the parking lot you have a band of brothers and sisters that got you can you say amen now I want to go to back to Romans and then we're going to end go back to Romans he gives seven gifts and I'm going to begin to name these gifts he says use them and if you don't use them Really, you can't lose a gift that God has given you. However, it can become dormant or inactive, all right? And so he says, use them. Prophecy, they prophesy. Diacono, serve, serve. Teach, teach. Exhort, exhort. Or encourage, encourage. Give, give liberally. Lead, lead with diligence. I want you to look at me. Four of the words that are listed there every believer is called to do is not every believer called to serve jesus christ said the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life away is a ransom is not every believer supposed to give and that's not just in the offering our time our energy our talents is every believer should we not encourage one another build one another up stir one another up until the day of the lord comes and should not every believer give mercy now i want you to know i love mercy if i'm speeding on the 101 in a police officer pulls me over he says I'm gonna let you go this time I should have written you a ticket what is that mercy not getting what I deserve however you know what's weird I hate giving mercy I don't like it you cross the line you're gonna pay but can I tell you when you are on a team you're gonna be giving you're gonna be serving you're gonna be encouraging and you're gonna have to extend mercy now in Romans Paul says I beseech you do not have an exaggerated opinion of yourself what would it be if my hand goes oh I'm the greatest hand I'm the biggest hand well if this hand is cut off from my body it no longer has a function it's the body that gives life to the hand and purpose to the hand when I serve I discover why God created me can you say amen now this is where we end really I, I want to go back to Corinthians and we're ending I promise you we're ending this is it I love this he uses this look at verse 23 and those members of the body which we think are less honorable these we bestow greater honor on our presentable parts greater modesty but our presentable parts are the part I mean have no need God composed the body so I want to use that phrase presentable parts unpresentable parts actually I don't think my eyes are my favorite feature I love my hair I would sell Becky if I lost my hair to get something to grow again a good friend of mine recently said he goes I've lost my hair I go no you didn't 
I said, it's just regrowing in other places, on your back, your ears, and your nose. <laughs> can I say, let's get real. That's a presentable part, but you can live without that part. But there are unpresentable parts you cannot live with. I want to say right now, unpresentable parts are parts where we feel vulnerable. It's parts where we have experienced shame. Can I tell you, God can use your shame, your pain, and literally turn it for your good. Jesus Christ went on a cross and they beat his body. And he was exposed. He was crucified without clothes on. And he was exposed that you could be covered. When you get on a team, one of the greatest things about serving on a team is where you feel vulnerable, then all of a sudden you get clothed by the members of the body and you may be a weaker member but the stronger member can come and literally cover you and here at our church we are not about exposing weaknesses we cover one another's weaknesses but God anoints our strength are you with me will you stand up I want to pray for you in a moment I want to do two prayers. Number one, I want to pray that you find your role, your place, your position on a team in this next two weeks and that you begin to serve. But before we do that, I want you to know I can't even be a part. Being a part of the body of Christ, again, is not like going to Starbucks. It's not like I'm a Christian. I'm Mr. Potato Head. You can remove me. No, no, no. When I accepted Jesus Christ and he came into my heart, he placed me in a body. And my life has been supernatural. And I want to say this as I'm ending. I heard Tommy Barnett yesterday. He goes, I'm 83. Wow. He said, and God has given me my final and last life verse. And I just, it took my breath away when he said that. And I thought, his last verse. And I thought, I wonder what it will be. He said, Proverbs 3, 6. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths and Tommy Barnett said I want to lead people to God I want my life to count I want my life to make a difference in the world I'm living in and I believe a part of that is coming to a service like this but I also know to go above and beyond in reach it takes every member doing their part that there's a movement in this region can you say amen but that can't happen unless you become a part of Jesus Christ. You become union, uh, one with him. And you know how you do it? You believe in your heart. You accept him as the Lord of your life. I want my life to count. I want my life to be a part of something bigger than myself. But today, if you would say, I, I believe in God. But I have never opened my entire life to Jesus Christ. I have never confessed him as number one. You see, you could be the greatest. What is it if you're a millionaire, a billionaire, you're famous, you have all the gifts in the world. At the end of the day, if it's not used in connection with Jesus Christ, then it's a waste. Come on. And can I say the wealthiest place in this city, any city in the world, is the cemetery. That's where sermons that were never preached, medicines that were never discovered, poems that were never written. Come on, I want to use my gifts for Jesus Christ. But to do that, you have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. So I'm going to count to three. 
If you would say, you know what, I believe in God, but I have never made him number one of the Lord of my life. And the Bible says, believe in your heart, you say it with your mouth. I'm going to count to three. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand. One. And on three, you're going to raise your hand. And you're literally saying, I am becoming one with Jesus Christ. I'm surrendering. Two, three. Raise your hand now if that's you. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ. I want to lead you into a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray this. Everyone say, Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I confess that you are number one in my life in Jesus' name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.